Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I got something I want to talk about to you. Welcome to Communication Mixdown. I'm Rima Rattan. The Immigration Museum in Melbourne currently has a suite of three exhibitions on tattoos titled Our Bodies, Our Voices, Our Marks. Perseverance, Japanese Tattoo in the Modern World, Tatao, Marks of Polynesia, and Documenting the Body all examine the meaning and function of tattoos. So what do tattoos communicate? To explore the answer to that question, I talked to artist Stanislava Pinchuk, who curated the Documenting the Body exhibition, and Farid Kaviani, who's a freelance writer and a doctoral candidate in sociology. I spoke to them a couple of weeks ago at 3CR Studios, starting by asking Stanislava about how she moved from being an artist to a tattooist. Well, I guess it wasn't a move from one to another. Um, I've made art for a very, very long time, and that's still the core of what I do. Um, But I was really attracted to doing tattooing, on the side, something for my friends because I think it's such an incredible way to give your drawings to people and uh, it really changes the way I think you kind of think about image making and it's something that I've really, really loved doing. Tattoos, I guess there's a, there's a permanence to them, right? Like you can put a picture on a wall and then you can take them da- take it down but you, you're stuck with the tattoo. Is that, does that cause you to pause about it? Um, I guess the first thing to say is that tattoos aren't really permanent, you know, out of all my things, they kind of go into the ground the first, but, um, yeah, I think there's a huge, huge responsibility for people's bodies and the immense trust that they give you. And there's such a huge sense of intimacy. And for me, I I really don't take that lightly. Um, and it completely does change how you draw and, you know, get things right and feel confident and, Um, work with people to really give them the perfect thing just for them, you know, and that's why I never tattooed the same thing twice. Farid, how do you think permanence features? I think permanence is funny because, I mean, it is at the foreground of your mind when you are about to get a tattoo, but coming to terms with the permanence also makes you think about your own impermanence and that it may be frightening to be stuck with something for the rest of your life, but at the same time, you're going to, like Stanislava just said, you're going to end up underground quite soon also. So it does make you confront your own uh, mortality in a way, which is interesting. So Stanislava, I noticed at the um, at the Immigration Museum where you helped curate one of the suite of exhibitions on um, on tattoo that you had in, in your piece, Immigration Granulation, that you know, tattoos are irreversible. Um, while jewelry can be taken off, it, the piece is a, a mix of tattoo and jewelry. Or you said is t- is tattoo temporary mark? I guess which is what Farid is saying that it's a, there's a mortality and jewelry outlives us all as an object. Yeah, I think for me, 
it was really fun to play with this idea of what is considered permanent and what is considered temporary. And I think for Zyber, my collaborator and myself, yeah, in the exhibition, it's so much about a kind of love letter to adornment in both of these ways of adornment. Um, and I guess because we're both quite tattooed women who both wear a lot of gold, um, and I've tattooed her for a long time and she's given me jewellery for a long time. So we've kind of had this really, really beautiful dialogue about decorativity and um, each other's bodies. So it was really beautiful to make a exhibition from that. Um, and, yeah, I guess it also really speaks to a lot of the female history of tattooing, which I think we don't talk about a lot and that, you know, women uh, in so many places tattoo women in the community and it's with the same motifs that they may embroider or do needlework with or put on interior tiles or their jewellery. And I think that's a part of tattooing that's not often talked about. It's not. You should talk to us about it. So t- um, tell us more about women tattooing women. Yeah, I guess in, in so many cultures around the world it's um there are there are really really strong commonalities between why women tattoo other women um in the community and it's often to do with rites of passage in puberty and um, a preparation for marriage but also controlled pain before the experience of childbirth so in many places it seems the women with the biggest tattoos will kind of be maybe the the best kind of mothers because they can withhold pain really well and heal a tattoo. But uh, I guess I've been living in Sarajevo, so I've been working a lot with central Bosnian tattoos and, for example, uh, with women there, it's the motifs that are on their bodies are the exact same motifs that go on gravestones, that go on uh, embroideries, that go on um, weavings and in carpets, in, in jewellery, you know, and I think it's all it's all kind of decoration at the end of the day. It's interesting you say about a rite of passage. Uh, earlier, Farid and I were talking about sort of the um, ancient practice of tattooing. Um, Farid, do you want to introduce our our listeners to some of the history of tattooing. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess it's difficult to talk about the history in a linear fashion because it was a diffuse um, history in all parts of the world at separate times throughout. But I guess it could be argued that nearly every community or tribe or subculture or subtribe had some form of um, bodily adornment, whether it was scarification or um, tattoo. But yeah. I guess one of the stark contrasts between a European history and an indigenous history is that uh, presence of a codification in indigenous culture and the understanding, the standardization of meaning amongst tattoo and that idea of tattoo being quite crucial to the social structure that it would represent hierarchy or the like a rite of passage, your your position within the community. Because it brings us back to what you were saying, Stanislava, with the rite of passage. There mm. seems to be there seems to be tattoo as adornment and tattoo as a cultural signifier of something as as you were saying about the women getting tattoos pre motherhood. Are they related? I mean is tattooing now unmoored for for most people in the West, in that sense, in that it's it's purely decorative? Oh, look, I, I, I'm not at all separating the sort of ideas of adornment and decorativity to their meaning within a place or a culture in a bigger kind of spiritual sense of motif. So I think that's really important to categorise as those things are not um, mutually exclusive. They're actually, you know, really braided and tied up very beautifully. 
Um, I think as far as Western tattooing now, I I don't know. I, to be really honest, I'm not really interested to pass judgment on why people get tattoos or how decorative or meaningless or meaningful they are on someone else's behalf. No, I guess uh, what I'm trying to suggest is that there seems to be a move um, from social meaning to personal meaning, that, they, that, that the difference is self-expression as opposed to a social marker. Yeah, I think I would kind of disagree with that. I mean, I think you can see in uh, Paul Stillen's work in the museum that I commissioned or even in my series with Cyber, there is a move you know, to a kind of individualism, but also because our identities are so tremendously fragmented, you know, and people like myself included who are immigrants and from many ethnicities and languages kind of have to be quite individual in making their own symbols and braiding together the different cultures uh, that they might come from to make their own meanings because we can't always wear just one symbol from, you know, one side of our family and just another from another, you know. That's the most beautiful thing about Paul's work in the museum is, you know, people who wear Chinese vases but with Australian natives or, you know, have Indian flowers and Greek vessels, for example. So it's kind of maybe it's also a necessity of our time what's so beautiful about paul's work is um kind of like the sort of identities that his wearers are talking about uh you know none of it is jarring and in the composition none of it is jarring it all fits beautifully together and you might have to just look twice to see that they're flowers you know it's like an impossible bouquet it's from flowers from different seasons in different parts of the world and yet to the eye it looks really, really cohesive. And I think that's such a kind of uh, a metaphor for his wearers. So this show is about communication. So I, I really what we should be talking about, and I guess we've been talking about identity, um, but tattoos as a form of <clears throat> communication, do you think apart from sort of communicating an identity or I tweeted, I tweeted about this saying, I'm doing this show. How do you feel about your tattoos? What do they do, you know, in terms of how you're communicating? And what, what did come up was that it's, it's a communication of the self. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of that embodied storytelling, I guess, in a way. And is that there is that self-expression that's quite innate with tattoo. But it's also difficult because you might be expressing yourself, but the meaning that people are getting it from it might be completely at odds with what you intended it to actually express. And it's so dependent on the context in which you are or with the tattoo, what the tattoo is, the placement of it on your body, your body in a sense, because, I mean, our bodies are telling stories regardless of whether they're tattooed or not. So to have that extra added layer of meaning might completely create some new meaning to somebody else's interpretations. So it's very multifaceted, the meanings that might come out. And especially like as somebody who's completely covered, I made a conscious decision not to tattoo my hands or my neck or my face because I still want to have that element of um, of impression management because I know that I might enter a certain space where I have absolutely no control over what would be without doubt a negative interpretation of my tattoos so I still like to have the ability to move throughout different spaces and have some control over what people are interpreting from my body as well. Is that a concern for you, Stanislava, as, as someone who also has tattoos of kind of uh, misinterpretation or uh, misreading? Uh, of my own tattoos, no. I I guess I'm not really too caught up in what people think. Uh, and I do have tattooed hands, but um, no. I 
also you're an artist, so it's a different it's a different um, inter, uh, different um, professional milieu, I suppose. Yeah, I think people have very little expectations of artists. <laughs> <laughs> they think we're a little bit useless. I think we get a lot of social passes. I think the reception, the social reception of tattoos, is also changing. Have, have you noticed that in your work? Yes, I think so. I mean, I started tattooing 10 years ago and um, even the amount of women that are tattooing now as opposed to 10 years ago is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, some of the kind of brunt that I bought from the sort of gatekeepers to the craft and, you know, these tough guys from shops has really, really eroded. And I think it really has been a huge explosion of um, different tattooing styles and ways of doing it as well. And it's really encouraging to see so many people, you know, hopefully responsibly, but taking it into their own hands and kind of speaking a bit more to the history of tattooing and how we would tattoo, you know, in homes and by hand and rather than just in, you know, with electricity and, you know, in parlours. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a really incredible thing to watch and I'm kind of curious about where it goes. Why do you think the reception of tattoos has changed over the last 10 or 20 years? I guess to state the obvious, it's a lot more visible these days. When you're walking down the street, you can see it on many people's bodies and also the media. Um, it seems to be everywhere in films and reality TV, unfortunately, um, in television. And I guess that began with MTV. That was one of the first spaces where tattoos became a lot more visible and mainstream media. I also like I'd agree with Stanislava and the point about tattoo studios. Um, I remember going into one ten years ago and just feeling it, it was a daunting experience. It was it was frightening. It was dark. There was heavy metal music. There were men. It, it was it wasn't a pleasant experience. But now there's just such a studio spaces are so much more inviting and they're a, a lot more um, personable. I've found so that's a really good um, evolution. I think. Stanislava, do you think the entrance of women as tattooists is having uh, an impact on, on what is tattooed? I think it's a tremendous explosion in every direction. You know, I don't necessarily think there's such thing as, you know, female images. But um, I think it's just been a really wonderful explosion in every direction of, I guess, more sensibility. So maybe people coming from a graphic design perspective or people coming from illustration or people coming from, you know, photography or writing and doing text or, you know. So I think that's really interesting that people are coming from these kind of hybrid mediums into tattooing and, and you know, sometimes out of tattooing and passing through it as a medium, you know, and in whatever terms that they do it, whether they're in a shop or they're just like me and they're just doing their friends or, or it's like a semi-informal shop or they're traveling a lot. But yeah, I think that's been a really interesting thing to watch is just the kind of expansion of, I guess, to, to speak about it in, say, Australia and the West is just this expansion of aesthetic that I think is, is quite cool to see. Ferry, do you think the technology has has played a role in this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, social media, for instance, definitely. And access to technology, access to information with regard to tattoo, it's kind of negated that need for the traditional apprenticeship, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a lot more accessible. And also it's very interesting to see in the future with regard to biotech, I mean, how that could link in with tattoo and the idea of nanotechnology ink. I mean, to have ink that might have information in it or that's malleable um, or that can act as a kind of a health monitor or give you information about your own biology through the ink on your body. I mean, 
it's it's already happening. There's already nanotechnology ink, so it'll be really interesting to see that space. Stanislava, how do you feel as an artist about more practical uses, I suppose, in a way, or a dual use of, of tattoos, you know, having doing an image on, on the skin of a friend, but also having the heart monitored through through that image? Is, is that something that's attractive or does that is that anxiety causing? I mean, there are sort of privacy things involved, there are layers of bodily control. What are your thoughts on that? I guess as far as technology, I, um, I'm so open to whatever people use tattoo for, you know. And there are so many reasons from medicinal to personal to cultural to, you know, an inheritance. And I think tattooing is such a wide, tremendous scope of transformation that um, I kind of really welcome wherever it goes. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts, and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian-made, and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey, and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, or order by phoning 94198377, or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. You're with Communication Mixdown, and this week we're talking about tattoos as a form of communication. Unfortunately, Stanislava Pinchuk, who we had on the line from Kiev, had to go catch a plane. But Farid and I continued our conversation. What do people communicate with tattoos? It's it's such a subjective question, isn't it? Because everybody's reasons for getting tattooed are as diverse as there are people. What would people want to communicate? I mean, there's a personal narrative to a tattoo. It could mark uh, certain milestones in your life that you want to commemorate for yourself. But whether that communicates it, I mean, who knows what people are going to interpret from uh, something that's very deep and meaningful to yourself. From my own personal experience, I never really had anything in mind that I wanted to communicate except to kind of place myself at odds with how people might already interpret me because as a brown man, um, people had all these ideas and these stereotypes of the role that I was to play. By getting tattooed gave me a little bit more of autonomy over my body and the message or the impression that I might be giving out there. So that enabled that aspect. It's interesting that rebellion and freedom mm. were a recurring theme in the, in the exhibitions at the Immigration Museum. But they're also sort of the, certainly in the Western context, that's, rebellion was a thing, right? It's, mm, it's yeah. outlaw or motorcycle gangs who get tattoos, you get tattoos in jail. That's kind of been sort of traditional is probably the wrong word for it. But in, in certainly in the, in, the, in the 21st century, that's, yeah. that was how tattoos were interpreted. Yeah, that whole the deviance discipline, that was one of the main frames through which people would interpret tattoo or tattooed people with sailors and then people of disreputable character, bikies, counterculture, punks, gays, people who were on the peripheries of society. I mean, it was seen as a deviant act or a sign of criminality. For instance, Cesar Lombroso, the father of um, criminality, uh, criminology, sorry, he looked at people's bodies in prison and saw tattoo to be a common factor and therefore deduced that people who are tattooed are criminals. Yeah, so that was the um, 
the birth of this nexus of criminality and tattoo, and that remained within the academic literature for like all the way up into the 70s, 80s. Um, so that idea of deviance and um, deviant sexuality was really um, the interpretation of tattoo for quite some time. Does the mainstreaming of tattooing then represent a sort of uh, appropriation by by the majority culture of uh, rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the it's the commodification, I think, of tattoo. But also with the commodification, it makes it more accessible for people, and people are able to do it themselves outside of a commercial environment. And I guess that's what Stanislava was doing, um, having a more intimate exchange between friends. So, I guess even with the mainstreaming, there are benefits to that too yeah and there's nothing wrong with lots of people having tattoos no. i guess i yeah it, it, it's just the idea of something that was an act of rebellion sort of and it's i guess it's still rebellious in lots of ways the um yeah well it's still transgress transgressing this normative idea of the human body i yeah. mean you're still marking your body it's still a massive decision for many people and there are there's still a lot of stigma out there against tattoo and tattooed individuals um, and a lot of stereotypes that still remain. So even with the mainstreaming of tattoo, there's still that that exists. I think we all do have, have that desire to play with our body, to, to kind of decorate it, to adorn it. I guess it depends how much you want to act upon that instinct. Mm. I, I remember I interviewed a person, took a voodoo, and they said they find it quite absurd that we come into the world with absolutely no control over how our body is designed. So to be able to engage in a body project is just, it seems like the natural thing to want to have some kind of say in the way that your body is um, presented to people. And I think that does play into the natural instinct to, to modify our bodies. Tell me about your study of tattoos. What got you interested in the first instance? I guess just seeing it around um, that kind of... Well, it was, it was very ubiquitous in Melbourne, um, so that made me interested in getting a tattoo. But then having conversations with my tattooist and being introduced into the world of tattoo, I, I didn't realise um, how, how much there is out there and how incredible and rich and diverse and long the history is. Um, so that kind of sparked something in me that I took further and my work on my website is finding interesting and unique individuals and the way that they engage with tattoo or tattooists so I try to find people who have used it in quite an extreme fashion like for instance talking about Tukafudu before they're completely covered and they're trans and they've used tattoo to be so inextricable to their identity and their transition throughout different identities. So they have lots of layers of tattoo over them that they've kind of updated with each transition. So it's, it's very interesting that the way like a that... a palimpsest, body is a palimpsest. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think, those, that idea of laying yourself is, is quite interesting. Fareed's uh, website is thefourthwall.net and I'm sure you'll see lots of... Funky images there for it? Other yes. images? I would say it's not safe for work, that's for sure. Okay. Yes. Tattoos are addictive, I'm told, by friends who have tattoos. They intended to get one and now they have many. What's happening there? I have no idea. I guess um, once you get one, 
you realise that it's not as painful as you would expect it to be. The experiences, it's not as daunting. It's quite pleasant. I mean, you get a huge rush of endorphins. You come out feeling proud of yourself that you got through such an intense experience. And it's rewarding in that sense. And there is that kind of the healing process is actually also quite quite interesting and quite deep personal experience to watch your body recover from such an intense experience. Um, so once it's all complete, that's kind of a journey that is attractive then that you'd want to go through again. Okay, so Stanislava was saying earlier that there are women that she's been working with in Sarajevo, I think, who use tattoo as a as a sort of a getting accustomed to pain before birth or something along those lines. Oh, right, yep. What is the role of pain, do you think, in getting a tattoo, the experience of... Sure, yeah, that's a really pain. interesting question. I guess we're so used in Western culture to the idea of mollifying pain and kind of avoiding it at all costs. And I guess that's why when Westerners first saw tattoo being enacted, they thought it was kind of savage because of that engagement with pain. Why would anybody want that? But I think pain is such a it's such a important element of tattoo and not something to be um, repressed through having Panadol or codeine before a session because getting through that pain can be an extremely um, psychologically profound experience, um, especially when you're going into a session for like over seven hours. Your mind really does go somewhere and you can be quite uh, overwhelmed and impressed with your own ability to kind of transgress that uh, type of pain. And it's interesting because there's a group that I wrote about called the Brutal Black Project and they're purpose was to have pain as the main motivating factor of their tattoos so they would um there'd be one person who's the participant and then three tattooists with their machines scratching over the individual's body as hard as possible and as vigorously as possible for a good couple of hours and the idea was to take this person on the brink of what their body could actually take that's, I guess that's the multifaceted nature of tattoo. It can, it can be utilised for so many different things um, and to evoke the most pain possible is one of them. Do you get do people get offered painkillers when they arrive at a tattoo parlor as a general rule? No, not really. Um, you can take your own, but sometimes people are offered numbing cream um, throughout a session. That's the thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to not experience the pain. And there's a visceral element to actually feeling the pain and going through the process of that because yeah. it must affect your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It does. It does affect your mind. And it does give you a sense of confidence that if you're able to go through something that intense and that extreme that, I mean, you feel proud of yourself and you feel like you're able to confront perhaps things outside of tattoo that you wouldn't have otherwise thought you could. That was me talking to Farid Kaviani about the meanings of tattoos. Earlier, we also had artist Psanislava Pinchuk on the line from Kiev. That's it from Communication Mixdown this week. We're back again next Monday at 6 p.m. You can see our bodies, our voices, our marks at the Immigration Museum until April 5. The exhibition website also features a mixtape compiled by Stanislava Pinchuk, and we're going to go out from a track from that list. This is Letter Mumbulu with Normalizer.